welcome. We have a very special uh, episode this week. Yes, we have guests. For the first time. Mm-hmm. And so for our first guests, we've decided to invite two really important people. Mm-hmm. You know them, but you don't know them. You're about to know them. Mm-hmm. We talk about them a lot. And also, you've heard their musical stylings at the beginning and exit of all of our podcasts. Um, our partners are here. Yay! Hi, guys. It's us. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, this is Jamie. Hi, everybody. And this is Stephanie. Greetings, all. And that's Lily Rogers. I am Lily Rogers. And I'm Danielle Nelson. So, uh, first things first. What an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> Thank you for having us. I feel very important. And uh, yes, we're honored to be here. Oh. Thank, thank you for inviting us. Kind of nervous. Are you oh, really nervous? Yeah, oh, yeah my ha- hands just got sweaty. I'm great. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just cool. us. No one's listening. No one's listening. And the other thing is, like, uh, no one's going to have to shake your hand. It's all audio, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, this is it. This is our fancy setup right here uh, to paint a picture in the listener's mind. We're sitting around a coffee table mm-hmm. having some Sunday cocktails. Mm-hmm. So, that's the uh, ice clinky noises that you're going to be hearing. Yeah, you might hear a little bit of that. <laughs> and a little wine on ice. little wine on Time ice. Day. Mm-hmm. I'm doing... Um, what we call sometimes the neighborhood special, which is vodka, soda, and just a little bit of grapefruit with a lemon. Mm-hmm. And I'm having what she's having. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yep. I'm all rosé on ice. The best. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Here we decide to podcast. So I want to ask you guys um, about the process of making the song. Because I know like we, we haven't really talked about it. We asked you to do it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hey, we want intro music. You guys have been talking about doing this band thing. Yeah. A lot of talking. A lot of no action. <laughs> there was a lot of talking. Like a few years worth of talking. And then you're Same like, with the podcast. Dude, we need the song like by Sunday. And I'm like, oh shit, it's Wednesday. So yeah. that's how quick we are. Yeah. Yeah, it happened fast. And the crazy thing is um, Steph is a more accomplished musician than I am. I used to play in bands a long time ago. Yeah, you are. Uh, but I hadn't played guitar in like 10 years. So when Steph and I got together to write your song, that was like the first time I had played music in a really long time. And I was terrified, but Steph uh, brings out the best of me. She's my palate twin in both food and music, so uh, it worked out. But yeah, we just sat down around our kitchen table and started just like making stuff up. We had like 20 songs within 20 minutes. We just kept recording stuff. And yeah, the one that you, yeah. you like the best, that's the song. That was the first one that we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. Jamie's like, yeah, do, do this chord progression. I'm like, okay. And then yeah. Jamie did, did his little noodling. Did it feel good <laughs> to like do it? Like to actually sit down and start yeah. playing? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. crazy how that happens. Like it happened that way with the podcast too. Or like we talked about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then like once we started doing it, there was almost like relief. In yeah. A way. And we didn't overthink it. or like, oh yeah. Just, yeah. Just do it. Good. I mean, yeah. that's like one of our biggest, uh, things is just we're only going to get better by actually doing it instead of thinking about it constantly without action and it's like hey you know it's not going to be perfect at first but like the more we do it yeah the the better better we're going to get at it and the more comfortable we're going to get and we're also just going to have like new ideas surrounding like how we want to like do it going forward yeah it's like a learning process Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I don't play an instrument I took piano lessons for like a second um, but you turned into a pretty hot piano player. For oh, okay, no, I, I could play um, like row your boat, row, row, row your boat. I think that was like, but yeah, and I can't imagine um, like what that must be like to jam. You yeah, know? yeah, me either. And it sounds it like fun. it would just be so much fun. Yeah, just to kind of be, it's like a non-verbal relationship you get to have with another person, which is yeah, being in a band is a relationship. If you've ever been in a band, you know, it's oh, just God, like yeah. there's the. D- d- trying to say there's a whole process of relating yeah. to them on different levels mm-hmm. and even trying to set up band practice and, yeah and like sharing the space probably yeah, just like then, a conversation right yeah, yeah. it's like whose yeah. instrument gets how much time and like do you get a solo and well and it's so interesting because it's like one of the most collaborative art forms that's like it's possible to actually collaborate mm-hmm. with people like 
you know, so I'm a writer and that's such a solitary process. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that there's a beautiful dichotomy between writers and editors that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, But it is a very separate thing because you're not doing it like at the same time and you're not necessarily like building something like... Yeah, like at, in the same moment, in the same space, you're kind of separately doing your. But you pieces, have the same goal. But you have the same goal. Yeah, and you're and you're trying to get like the best possible, for lack of a better word, product mm-hmm. uh, together. But yeah, I I think that there's something so beautiful because I'm not a musician. I've never played an instrument. I don't have a musical ear. Um, but I've always been kind of fascinated and jealous by like people in bands because it just seems so fun to like collaborate with someone in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just like having to be like super present with each other, that seems really Yeah. Really cool. And truthful. You have to be truthful in the moment also and just right. project it or else the other person doesn't know what to kind of do, you know, yeah. to respond to. Yeah. Because so. if you're gonna make a like an honest product, to use your word, <laughs> so to speak, like you both have to kind of be like present for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's why it's funny, like the the jamming thing, because Stuff made me feel really comfortable, but when I used to play in bands more frequently, like, I never wanted to, like, just jam with people. Like, I'd play music with my bandmates, because we had that, like, trust, and we could be vulnerable, and we could be collaborative, but, like, when just some other friend was like, oh, we should just, like, sit down and jam together, I'd always be like, fuck no. Like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have the emotional bandwidth for that. I have the people I feel comfortable playing music with, and you're not one of them, so. Right. So you're expanding your horizons a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Johnson's the perfect person to do that with. Thank she you. really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today's shame topic is, mm-hmm. um, I'll be full disclosure here again, Sunday, we're all relaxing, hanging out. And, uh, I tried to think of a fun shame topic because I didn't want to drag us down and I wanted to have, uh, uh, Johnson or Stephanie, I alternate between Johnson and Stephanie, Johnson <laughs> and, uh, Jamie on. And yeah, so today's topic is, uh, how should I phrase it? I mean, I think that we landed on guilty pleasures, even though we have established that guilt and shame are very separate things. Um, still, like anything that you kind of like want to hide from other people yeah. or you feel like it's not okay taste. to yeah. like this thing or do this thing. Uh, yeah. So guilty pleasures, I think. Yeah. So it's just like things that you feel like for one reason or another that your tastes are questionable and then there's that thing where you feel like you have to like explain why you like a certain food or a band or so tv show or movies whatever so we're gonna come clean today about (laughs) some things that we maybe feel ashamed that we enjoy Mm -hmm. um is anybody like dying to just disclose something terrible I have a few no. things in mind, but I want to see where you take it. From. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking the lead on any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, all right. No, I, it's funny because I, you know, when we first brought up the topic, I was like, I don't know. I know that I have so many, but also I was just like, maybe it'll come to me like as the conversation flows or like how it gets guided. But the first thing, because somebody said something around food. <laughs> and so the first thing that popped into my mind is that like I love a lunchable. Oh. As an adult person. And I'm like, I you know, sometimes I just want a lunchable because I don't like uh sometimes I just don't like the process of like having to like find something to eat or like overthink it. And it's always salty and delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like over processed and good. Yeah. And like it's just pleasing in this really like basic, simple, childlike way where you're just like, I'm just gonna peel off the plastic. And your food groups are there, right? right. I mean, they're kind of like you've got your cheese, you've got your meat, you've mm-hmm. got your starch. There's like sometimes a drink involved, Capri- like a Capri Sun. A Capri Sun. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a Capri Sun in so long. Oh, they're so good. My new Capri Suns are just those cans of Sophia. Like oh. as an adult, those are kind of like. <laughs> Do Lunchables come with a Capri Sun? Some of them should, do. Yeah, right? some of like them that's do. That's the drink you should have with the lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are lunch bowls with Capri Suns and it's amazing. Yeah. I. So, okay. So if I had to think of like something I'm, so the Lunchable is a good one. For me, it's the first place my mind went is I sometimes will, okay, let me start by saying this. I'm not a Bob Seger fan. But there are certain Bob Seger... See, immediately I just qualified it. <laughs> I can't even talk about it without like being like, wait, let me just say... I love, I love Still the Same, 
sometimes it brings a tear to my eye. I mean, like, I just, there are certain Bob Seger songs. I don't know if it's because I was, like, raised on it. My dad's a Bob Seger fan. And he's got I, some good songs, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not too... I think, I think he's pretty good. It's one of those things that, like, if it was, like, in my rotation and it came up and, like, a song started playing, um, I would be like, oh, how'd this get on there? Like, you know, like, I'd be, like, I felt like I would feel like I had to, like, cover or well, something. It's funny that you're talking about this because I don't know who that is and I don't think that I could name a Bob Seger song oh. because I, one of my, like, horrible shame things is that I know nothing about music. That's I true. wish that I did, but I was just not raised in a house where we listened to music. Unless it's like Fiona or Anna Lannis or something yeah. like that. You know music, but other than that, you I do don't not. know music at all. And I hate that the most about like my sort of like pop culture self and upbringing. I just don't know anything about music. No. So if, you know, if a Bob Seger song came on, I would have no idea who it was. But I wouldn't know, know if it was okay it. or not you would to know. like you it. Sing it. You would you would be like, oh, I've heard this before. The hit, mm, the big hit is old time rock and roll. You know it. I fucking hate that song. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you see where the shame. Well, Tom Cruise ruined it. Is what happened. Now, well, see, I think um, a Night Moves is the big hit, but maybe it's because that's my so favorite. Good. I love <laughs> Night Moves. But oh, yeah, okay. Old, I do know that song too. Okay, yeah. old time rock and roll is. Horrible. I hate that song. Hor- oh, I completely agree. It's but I would ne- that would never come on and I would be like, oh yeah, Bob Seger. <laughs> We're supposed yeah. to hate him. I would just be like, this song sucks. Yeah. Which is, uh, maybe, maybe it's old time rock <laughs> and roll. The channel, this song sucks. <laughs> I think it's old time rock and roll that's really bringing me down, maybe. Huh? Maybe I have like old So you like that song? I don't. Oh, No, okay. that's what I mean. Like it's, oh, um, right. it's bringing Bob Seger down, oh, which right. by... <laughs> Thereby is bringing me down. Gotcha. So I want that removed from the Bob Seger canon. Okay. Um, is he still alive? I, I'm i going to say yeah. I don't know. And I don't even know what he looks like. Do you know that every time I picture him, I picture that one album cover where he's got like the mullet and it's kind of feathered in the front? Nope. No? I have no, no. idea what he looks like at all. Yeah. See, he again. has a beard, right? He a beard in that haircut. Yeah, he has like a... Like, uh, I would wear a hat. Like a big hat. Oh no, I think I'm getting confused. Charlie Daniels. I don't know. I'm getting confused. <laughs> Those two would be easy to mix up. <laughs> See, I would not think, first of all, I would not think of somebody called Bob having a beard. And I would also not think of somebody singing that song having a beard. What did you picture when you picture Bob Seeger? Like if I didn't tell you what he looked like? Um, kind of that infomercial guy, the set it and forget it guy. Oh wow. Is that the same? Oh no, no, no. Is that the same guy as the the spray on hair? As soon as you said infomercial, I just pictured like a white man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like maybe frosted like overly hair. dyed hair. Yes, frosted hair. Maybe a he has bit. had some work done. Oh, a little bit. And yeah. like the dimples. Like he's yeah, maybe yeah. got dimples. He's tan. Yes. He's got like it's you're like, is it fake fake? And you can't quite tell. Yes. Yeah. That that's is what a Bob Seeger okay. looks like to me. So <laughs> Johnson is pulling up a photo and I'm thrilled <laughs> to see your reaction. Oh yeah, you are. Oh no, that is not at all, at all what I yeah. would have guessed. That that's some classic Seeger well, right there. Well, he is wearing a headband. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That is that's in his Wikipedia. Well, when you shred, you sweat. I so, guess so. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so I put my Bob Seeger embarrassment out there. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have lots of music shame I could bring up, but I want to go back to food for a second. Okay. Because when you said, "Does anybody have anything horrible they'd like to lead off with?" My mind went to food. <laughs> so uh, this is, I'm going to dig deep for this one. And I think this, I love the, the purpose of this podcast to bring shame out in the open and talk about it and lessen its power over you. But this one is so bad. It really, I should be ashamed of myself for it. <laughs> and it's, um, I've always had this weird thing for those really shitty, like, deli sandwiches they sell in like 7-Elevens. Okay. Like the oh, egg yeah. salad, the tuna salad, oh my the God. weird turkey and ham. It's great. Like, Mind your gut, man. Every time you get one like the egg or the tuna, I'm always like, is this it? Is this the time we have to go to urgent care? You have care? insurance policy, right? <laughs> we do. We have health insurance. So I think where it started was in college. So I was broke and often, you know, having a few drinks or smoking some marijuana cigarettes and <laughs> I lived by a 7-Eleven when I had this apartment when I was still in college and I would go there and get these terrible sandwiches at like two in the morning mm. but it, I never grew out of it I mean I don't do it that much anymore but I still have this weird affection for those just god-awful god-busting yeah. sandwiches and I think I'll admit even within the last year there was probably an incident where 
and had a few drinks and all the restaurants were closed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I made the walk to our local 7-Eleven and got two sandwiches and devoured them in shame and then yeah. like got rid of the evidence so you wouldn't see them. <laughs> I just know that I I didn't know that you liked them until we we were living in a place where it was like our neighborhood bar, a seven eleven on the walk back to our house. And you would be like, let's just pop in and you would like grab those sandwiches and that's when I would always be like, you're taking your life into your own hands with these sandwiches. <laughs> so is it is it the taste of them or is it the nostalgia for like that time in your life? I don't know because it, it shouldn't be that nostalgic because it lasted past college for years when I was just like moving around the country and always broke. Mm. But there was always like a 7-Eleven or a plaid pantry when I was living in Portland oh, yeah, that had the same pantry. kind of thing. And yeah. it was just always like, it was maybe comfort, like it was reliable, yeah. I could afford it. Yeah. And then some sick part of me did like the taste. I don't know why. <laughs> That's the scariest part of it. Interesting. I, I bet it's delicious. I and the ones that seem like they'd be the grossest, like the egg salad and the tuna salad, were always the best. Huh. So okay. So now I'm. I feel like we have to go on an adventure. I'm gonna have together. to try one. I know yeah. exactly. I've never. I'm overselling them. <laughs> so don't, don't feel obligated. To no, I'm curious because like there's something, and I don't know what like what kind of bread they come on or whatever, but there's something white? that's like I think it's like oh usually so a, satisfying yeah. about like just like your basic bitch white bread. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes that is just so delightful. Like, just a, like a Wonder Bread. Yes. Yeah. If you go to the right 7-Eleven, you can pick your bread. Oh, Usually my God. Usually they'll have, like, that's the Wonder Bread variety, <laughs> like, the wheat wow. bread that's basically brown Wonder Bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, brown food coloring they yes. mix in. Yeah. yeah. And like, this Wonder is bread wheat, batch. though. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Okay, yeah, we're definitely trying this. Yeah, I gotta try that. That's amazing. Right. I mean, and I would just put it out there. Maybe adults, you should try some Lunchables sometimes. I'm going to reconsider Lunchables. I might try one they're with really, a Capri Sun. They're really good and also really bad at the same time. You should you should get yourself some Lunchables, a deli pantry uh, sandwich, and listen to some Bob Seger in your headphones. <laughs> and the, the, the wheel will come full circle. Johnson, cap us off here. Yeah. Oh, jeez Christ, huh? That's your turn. <laughs> yeah. Guilty pleasure. Rules of the go game. for it. <laughs> Guilty pleasures uh-huh. in any venue. Day drinking. Day drinking is your guilty pleasure? But that's just a good time. I know. There's <laughs> no shame in that. Everybody's on board with that. Yeah. If you said, like, day drinking for I'm trying to think of something that I have shame in, and, I'm, and I can't. Uh, I can think of one for oh, you shit. that I was <laughs> super surprised to buy. So I have a lot of guilty pleasure movies that I never want to like admit that I just love to death. Um, and I think I was just having a moment where I was just like desperately like wanting to like turn off my thoughts and just have a day and you were with me. And so instead of like watching something alone, like I would have, I was just like, okay, okay, Stephanie, we're going to do this today. And I showed you center stage. It's a great movie. And there we go. I was so shocked that she liked this movie because it's so against like it your has normal dancing. Taste. It's got bulimia. <laughs> and AIDS. There's the guy on the motorcycle. There's the guy with the the big eyebrows. That guy. Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. Yeah. Oh. He's a, I mean, can, can we say that anytime sex. Peter Gallagher is present, it's probably a guilty pleasure? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Right. No, that's that movie fair. has it all. Dance, beautiful dancing. I love yeah. dancing. I was just so shocked because I was so nervous to like. I was like, oh, she's gonna like judge me. The dialogue. Or, like, think is about me differently because I love this amazing. movie. And then when you loved it, it made me. It made my heart so happy. I remember after you guys watched it, you were talking about having watched Center Stage, and at first I didn't know if you were joking, Johnson. When you were just like, <laughs> you're like, it's just and the dancing. You're like, and then the dialogue, and you're like retelling the story of like the, I've never seen it. Oh, you gotta watch it. It's I know. so good. I know. Uh, yeah, if you ever wanted. But to also, I feel bad for <laughs> loving it because it is. Not a good movie. The only actual actor in it is Peter Gallagher, if that tells you anything. Everybody else, were, they what were, were ballet dancers. Yeah. And so their acting is not great. But their dancing is great. And yeah. also, I mean, the most shameful part of all of this movie is there is a sex scene to a Mandy Moore song. Is it I'm Missing oh. You Like Candy? No, but that does feature in the movie. 
a Mandy Moore all up in that yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's multiple Mandy Moore tracks in this movie. Wow, yes. good on Mandy Moore. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we obviously have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to oh, see yeah. it. So now. I don't have any shame over that. So that's why. Oh, I well, that's good. That's, <laughs> well, it was my shame. Solid piece of artwork. <laughs> <laughs> It was my shame that I shared with you, and then I guess, yeah, cool. We don't have to feel shame anymore because mm-hmm. it turns out Take it's that one off the a good movie. <laughs> I think that like there are movies that I have like shame about that I like, and they're like kind of campy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not even campy. They're just like enjoy. They're like it's like you were saying earlier, like with the the deli sandwiches. You're like, is it just nostalgia, or do you really like it? Like, there's a lot of movies that are like that for me. It's just mm-hmm. nostalgia. Like, I watched it at a time when, like, it just kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. One of those, and the reason I have such shame about it is because it's 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 aged so fucking poorly. Oh, no. I love Gone with the Wind. Oh. I really love it. It's such a saga. Yeah. Like, I just, um, yeah, and speaking of making your partner watch it, Jamie had never <laughs> seen it. God, that's a torture. It's a long that's ass a movie. That's a torture film. Really it. No, it's not. It's oh, so I'm sorry. Sorry, no, I'm no. shaming you. No, it's okay. <laughs> but like, it's and I, I when we rewatched it, I was just like, because I was like, you have to watch it, and then like, I knew that there were elements of it that were just completely offensive and horrible, and then in the rewatching of it, I was like, oh fuck, this is. Bad. But then there are the elements that are aside from that, and I'm like. God damn it, this part's really good. Like, some of the dialogue is just incredible. And I don't know if it's, like, the Southerner in me. I don't know what it is, but oh, I just mm. really love that film. I think it's the Southerner in you. Yeah, you think it's what it is? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in a really long time. And the reason that I was like, it's a torture film, I, I think I mean, like, to kind of make somebody else watch it. Because it's so long. It's a commitment. And it goes through so many, like, fates. Doesn't it have an intermission? It's, like, it that sure long. Does. <laughs> yeah. well, that's when you refresh the drinks and you say... I feel like you have to be in a very specific mood to watch that movie. I, th- I want to... Do you remember the context of when you enjoyed it? Yeah, well, yeah. I've never seen it, and I'm always excited. Like, I'm kind of a, a cinema buff, so, yeah. you know, like, I, I knew it was a movie I needed to see. But it's funny, you know, because you feel kind of ashamed about it, like... There are tons of parts of that movie that are super problematic, of yeah, course. Yeah. But it's not like, I don't think your shame comes from, you're a Southerner watching it like, oh God, the Confederacy, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, it is a good movie, but we all cringe at the parts of it. There's like, ah, oh, this is so fucking racist. But that said, I feel the same way about it you do, where like, there's some writing in it and some acting where you're just like, ah, oh, it's really funny, or that's really good, or it's really smart. Yeah. Hmm. And there's an actress um, in it, Butterfly McQueen, who... Like, every time I watch it, I just, like, when I watch it with, like, kind of, like, a new vision on it and a new perspective than when I originally saw it, I'm always, like, now, because so much of the acting and the dialogue is so good that I'm, like, pissed that they didn't give her more depth, you know? Like, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's good. It was, we had fun watching it, I think. I'm, like, looking at you. No, I did. I hope. Because I remember telling you that there was an intermission and being, like, if at any point you want to, like, abort this mission, like, we can do it. But, yeah. Huh. I mean, I'll have to watch it again. I haven't watched it in very many years. I I just remember thinking, like, this is extra. Yeah, oh, it's so <laughs> extra. Movie is so extra. Scarlet And is... I can't stand her. Scarlet? I can't stand her. Oh, you're her. not supposed to like her. Oh, good, because I don't. Oh, but I did as a child, have a set of paper dolls that mm-hmm. were um, gone, gone with, with the wind. wind. Yeah, and those, like, old-school paper dolls where you had to, like, cut them out with scissors. It was a whole process. But her dresses are amazing and mm-hmm. crazy. And I remember uh, cutting out that drape dress yeah. that she makes out of the drapes, and I was just like, this is so pretty. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, it's drapes. Yeah, like she to- had to like. Sh- yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I was just about to be like, yeah, and let me tell you why. I like the Carol Burnett sketch. sketch yes, on it. I mean, that's oh, with the uh, yeah. with the rod. The rod. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's iconic. Yeah, that's so good. So yeah, that's that's a guilty one for me for wow. sure. Uh-huh. And like, and I will watch it at any time if anybody's like, I'm putting Gone with the Wind on. I'll be like, I'll be over. Hmm. What can I bring? I hmm. think I've watched the beginning, slept through all of it until he comes <laughs> back, and it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it turns out if you take a nap, it's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I think I get the gist of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'll pivot a little bit. So there's another one that I thing that I want to talk about, and it's more like general. Um, I, as an adult, came to young adult literature mm. like in a sort of big way and like identified with it so strongly and I'm like to the point where I'm just like hmm, do I have arrested development a little bit like why do I love this so much and like I just find like the topics and like what is happening in their lives so fascinating and interesting and mm. so like yeah I read a lot of young adult fiction but yeah, when I was moving as an almost forty year old woman, you were unpacking your books and it's like, oh, what are these? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and another box. Oh, and more. Yeah. You have more of these. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it's a thing. But there's this thing, like I remember a professor saying at one point, like for the rest of your life, you will, whether you love or hate the art that you're exposed to at this time, like it will stick with you. Mm-hmm. The music that you listen to at this age, meaning like between like probably 16 and like 24. When five, your brain is still super developing. Yeah. And those emotional pieces mm-hmm. are really the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex is like coming into focus mm-hmm. in the emotional piece. So you're never going to love things the way that you did in that same way. When you're like at that age, everything is amplified emotionally. So like, yeah. The music, the films, the, you know, mm-hmm. the books, like that phase. So I think it makes sense, the young adult thing. Like it's Yeah, but it's like it's it's funny cuz it's they're not books that I read at that time, but maybe there's something there where I'm kind of like trying to identify with like the like passionate like hardcore emotions of that yeah. time period where you really did start to super care about things and right. everything like kind of had a little bit more weight to it, mattered a little bit more yeah. than it does now. Like as an adult, when you process things, you're just sort of, you know, you have a lot more tools to process them and a lot more experience. So nothing feels as super weighty or. Yeah. There's, there's like a, there's impactful. less emotional investment. And I feel yeah. like the older you get, like you said, you have more experience, more. And so everything's kind of like at an arm's length. Right. Almost. You have to keep things there because you've got so much other shit going on that yeah, you can't exactly. afford to get like super emotionally invested. Right. So the stakes are maybe higher for every, you know, um, relationship or thing that happens in a story. So like all the plot points have more weight to them because it's mm-hmm. like people experiencing these things for the it's first like time. It's like do or die. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's but there are a lot there. of people who really enjoy young adult. Yeah. Literature. Like, yeah. And it's kind of funny because um, that theory that, like, the stuff that you are into when you're, like, late teens, early 20s will Mm -hmm. stay with you because I actually have a lot of shame. And it's not like the rest of the stuff we're talking about where it's things we like, but we feel like we should be ashamed of liking them. Like, I'm kind of ashamed of things I liked during that time in my life. Mm. (laughs) We all went through an unfortunate Scott phase. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I, I can smile at you and say, Never into it. But then oh, again, I was listening to fucking Bob Seger. So there's that. <laughs> so yeah. I can continue. No, I mean, the Scott one is a good one. I was actually thinking of like um, like books that I used to think were so great when I was like an angry Catcher young the guy. Yeah. Oh, Catcher in the Rye. that book. Or like, uh, I remember being like a big Henry Miller fan when I first no, discovered no. him. And now I'm like, if I open one of his books, I'd be like horrified. It's just like misogyny, yep. and like anti-Semitism. Like, I was just gonna say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I did yeah. read Woman, and that's a pretty interesting book. It is. The sex is good. pretty graphic. Yeah, it's almost softcore that book. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> and even that one, it could be a good read if you're not thinking of like idolizing Charles Bukowski. Yeah, but right. every. Yeah. Dude, went through this like yeah, stupid sure. phase where like you're 18, 19, 20, the whatever. Horse races. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna move to LA and go to the horse races. They're gonna drink all the Yell at women <laughs> and yell at women. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it's like yeah. that shame. I, I feel shame about like just this stupid boy boy. Yeah. Art view that I had. You get caught. I think you get caught. I think that's like cultural too, though. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying this, but I'm like I'm thinking back on guys that I knew in my early 20s, and they were all into Bukowski, and they were all into um, Henry Miller, mm-hmm. and you know, and it was kind of like the thing to read. It was almost like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a rite of passage or Carowack, something. Kerouac, you got to read that. Oh yeah, 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 right, right, right. Totally. My buddy dated a guy who had a bumper sticker that said, I'd rather be reading Faulkner. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
Ooh. that thing. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I you're drawn to sort of what you're drawn to for various reasons. And I think that like now there's so much more choice and you can find more things that kind of fit your own personal uh, process and experience and all of that. But, you know, kind of pre-internet, that was few and far between. And so whatever you could find yeah. that resonated in any small way with you, it was like, this is everything. You latch onto it. Right. Right. Because yeah. it's just, I don't have life experience. I grew up in the suburbs, you know, like living in a really small little bubble, no internet. So it's just like whatever you found that was like, this speaks to me. Even if it was like the worst pop music well, or, you and know. And you're making me think of it in a different way too. It's like pre-internet, like you would latch on to the pieces that were relatable. Yeah. Like the other stuff, like you might not have even considered because right. it was just such. You would never think this is problematic. No, or... because you're just focusing on the pieces mm-hmm. that were like speaking truth to you totally. and you'd be like no one's ever said that or I've never seen anything that looks that way or someone who talks that way or yeah so it's like those were the things that were drawing you in mm-hmm. and the other stuff was just kind of like background noise that's exactly. a lot with movies I feel like that I used to like and then I watch later and I'm like do I don't remember up? that problematic oh god I feel like I just watched one recently that was like that and I cannot remember what it was but yeah there's certain things you're like I loved this so wholeheartedly and you watch it again and you're just like oh yikes no no it's like every 80s movie that we lovingly remember yeah. and it's so funny and then you're yeah. watching you're like oh my god Anything this is so racist right? <laughs> so sexist now. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my gosh I, I was just thinking um big business Mm-hmm. because you and I both have situations with that movie and yeah. how much we loved it. I have not seen it in so many years. Does it hold up? Are there problematic moments? I wonder. I have not seen it in so many years. And I mean, my sister and I would watch it on repeat. Like we could probably Same. like do a play by play of the movie. You Same. know what I mean? My like, sister and I watched it Oh, constantly. I think you made me watch that once. Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin, they're twins, oh, two sets of it. twins oh, who I'm are separated. We should oh, watch I it. Seen, and we should watch 9 to 5 also. Oh, oh anytime. Well, 100%. Anytime. That's no shame in that. No, not at all. <laughs> I might have watched Big Business. You got your Did Dolly, they have you got your pads? Jane, you got your Lily. Come on. There's a lot of shoulder pads. There's a pads. lot of shoulder pads. Yeah. And there, there are just like some classic Bette Midler oh. and Lily Tomlin I'm just both with like their comedic chops uh-huh. just really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't remember. Ooh. You know, it's problematic. There's one that is super problematic, but I freaking loved it as a kid. Big. Oh, yeah. You watch that now? Oh, my God. It's he's a 12 year old boy who has an adult relationship with Penelope Miller, right? That's is that the actress? No, it's um, oh, gosh, what's her name? It'll come to us. Yeah. Yes. I didn't even think about that until somebody pointed it out recently. And I was like, it's. So problematic. Yeah, because he's what, 12? Yeah, he's a 12 year old boy who goes missing. Right. Because of Zolar or whatever his name is. Yes. Zofar. What is that thing's name? I don't know. No, all I'm thinking is Zoloft the, the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he goes missing because of Zoloft. Is it Zoltar? Zoltar. Zoltar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Zoloft, you can still sponsor us. That's, that's an option. We've heard it helps. I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, I think that there are probably the plots of most 80s movies are, like, not okay. Yeah. Mannequin? Mannequin. Whoa. Oof. We tried watching that recently. Weird Science? And, Does that oh, oh, Weird Science. No. <laughs> Very problematic. Oh, my God. Yes. What was going on in the 80s? What was going on in Reaganomics, the 80s? Reaganomics, man. Yeah. I think, like, there was just, like, a cultural there thing happening. a lot happening. of opinion. Yeah. Also yeah. that. And also just, like, women are objects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Adventures yeah. in Babysitting? Oh, no, no. That one's still good. Is it still good? I haven't mm-hmm. watched it in a long time. No, That's it's another still great. one that I was, like, super into. Um, there are a couple of um, moments where I think that they use the F word to refer to uh, gay people. Mm. And it's not cool. And so I, th- I think that that happens in Adventures in Babysitting. And they do some, like, gay shaming, which is not cool at all. But for the most part, I think that that's still an okay one. Okay. Yeah. Now it's like making me want to revisit all of the 80s movies of my year. Should we watch Fast Times? Oh my. Fast Times. <laughs> Never <laughs> seen it. 
never seen that Fast Times. That surprises me. Yeah, I know. Because huh. I, I saw the one, I hadn't seen that one, but you and I watched the one with McConaughey. Days to Confuse. Yeah, oh, that I one. I always get those movie. mixed up, those two mixed up in my mind. Hmm. I think they're like, both like coming of age. Yeah, one is 70s, one's 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, 70s by way of 90s. Yeah, set in the 70s. Yeah. Filmed in the 90s. Filmed in the 90s. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what else, guys? What what else is uh, shamey, okay, guilty well, pleasures? I was thinking about the movie thing, um, and I wanted to ask everybody, is there something that you're ashamed of liking now because the people or fans of that thing have become so awful or obnoxious oh, that you no longer oh, want to admit to people that you like the thing? My example was yeah, going to be... I grew up on the Star Wars movies, yes. loved them. Yeah. I was never like a psychotic Star Wars fan, which I'll talk about more in a second. <laughs> but I always loved those movies, and um, I was really excited that they were making more of them. But Star Wars fans these days, thanks to the internet, like they're basically these insane, the really crazy ones are like these Twitter trolls that are mad, like, there's a lady Jedi, what the hell, no, uh, this won't stand, and they're course. just getting all, like, crazy and scary. Oh, man, chill out, Interesting. Yeah. And I always didn't really want to admit that I love Star Wars, because it was like, oh, I guess I'm kind of a nerdy sci-fi guy, but now it's like, I don't want to be associated with these, like, proto-fascist Twitter troll fans. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the incels. Yeah. <laughs> like, super Yeah, intense. exactly. So that's one example, but I'd be curious to hear if, if you three have anything like that. Hmm. Whether it's music, movies, um, books, people that you used to be into. I I'm just gonna say I'm kind of pleased that I was never a Woody Allen fan, so that I don't have to not be into those movies anymore because I was never into them. But like, I, you're setting up my <laughs> answer. Um, yeah, no, I I was a huge Woody Allen fan. I mean, to talk about like that phase in your life where you're exposed to something and you just gravitate toward it. And I remember going to the Video Joe in Louisiana Mm and the tiny town where I'm from. And a lot of his movies draw big names. And I've I've always, since I was a kid, loved big ensemble casts. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would gravitate toward, like, Hollywood ending or, like, whatever was out at the time. And I would watch them. And it was such a different world to me. I mean, like, being, like, from, like, you know, rural south. Like, these were, like, New Yorkers who, like, had an education and class to me, like they just seemed like it seemed so far off. And then I also find Woody Allen very funny. I do, mm-hmm. I, especially the early stuff. I think take the money and run is just hilarious. Like that end scene where the whole thing's about a life of crime. They're interviewing him and he's in jail. And the guy's like, if you could take anything back, would you? It's just like, no, like, it's just like, so I don't know. There's like a, and it is, it's hard to be a Woody Allen former Woody Allen fan. And you know, it's, it's so crazy too, because I knew it was like those headlines, like, oh, Woody Allen, Sunni, problematic. Mm. And then the older I got, the more like I kind of understood it. Mm. And then also kind of like his treatment of um, actresses who have worked with him and just kind of, and it's sad. It's yeah. really fucking sad. And it's a bummer. Like, just like Louis C.K., man. Like, I'm yeah, so yeah. upset by that. It breaks my heart. Yeah. I love Charlie Rose. What the fuck? Oh, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they're just... Dude, that's... It's the worst. Ridiculous, yeah. 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 It's like... Just... Yeah. Just keep your okay. fucking hands to yourself and keep your dick it's in your pants. Mm-hmm. subject, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, okay. So not to bring us down that path. Yeah, because sorry. That, <laughs> that is a really hard one. Like, the separation between, like, the art and the artist and all of that... Uh, it's like a huge yeah that's a hard and long and huge conversation but it is it's just it's so frustrating too because then you think about like the number of people who are so talented or probably were talented at those times that who didn't get opportunities because like Certain people. Someone's dick to get in a plane. <laughs> okay, that. <laughs> I mean, I mean we're, we're sure. Alive. Sure. That or just like somebody else is kind of like dominating the space that they would have otherwise had an opportunity in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, there are so many people out there creating amazing, awesome things who are not problematic, but like you just don't see or hear from them as much because because like. Hollywood and I think just like success uh, realms in general yeah. do this where they just sort of like self-apologize mm-hmm. where they're like oh well we we just we're the ones here we're the ones here doing it and and 
there aren't more voices. Yeah. Like these are the stars that yeah. you've been given. Enjoy yeah. them. Exactly. Yeah. And like the, there, like we would love to put more like trans people in shows, but we just never see them audition. And that's one of the things that I love the most about Ryan Murphy when he was creating Pose. Um, was just like, fuck that noise. He's like, I'm going to go out and like search for people who yeah. are auditioning, who are right. in plays and like putting themselves out there and like, not just this like narrow, like scheme of Hollywood where it's like this agent talked to this agent and got you a deal with this manager. Well, it's like creating and space. And therefore, yeah, exactly. With people in positions of power using yeah. that power to create space yeah. for new people. And I, I, I like your take on that though. Like having Louis C.K. kind of knock down many notches kind of opens up yeah. some space, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are we going to f- fill the space right. with? What? And it's Nanette, not like there isn't a net. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby. her. She's amazing. I just really quickly, while we're all sitting here and we're talking about questionable taste, I just want to say that what, we've gone to some shows together, just one or two, four <laughs> of us, um, and one of the best things I think that we've done together is seeing Hannah Gadsby. Mm-hmm. She's just such a such an immense talent. She is an and immense she's talent. so honest and forthcoming yeah. and oh, man. really as I feel like changed comedy's narrative in a lot totally. of ways. Totally. And, yeah. and and I mean I think that one of her biggest strengths is talking about this shameful stuff. Yes. And that yes. and that was so powerful and that was like such a uh, okay, we have a cat on, the, on table. the table, so my attention. Okay, go away. Um, it was Fiona, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> if you're keeping score, whether it's Catboy or Fiona, it's usually Fiona. It's usually Fiona. Catboy's resting. He's, he's <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I just think that, like, uh, you know, so Nanette came out, and that was revolutionary and so amazing, because she's talking about, like, all these, like, you know very personal shameful stories and then you know when we saw her with uh douglas Douglas, yes Mm. i was like where is she like where can she possibly go and then when she like opened up and started talking about being on the spectrum i was like this Mm. is everything because you just don't hear many people in that space or in that realm yeah like talking about their like experience with it and like navigating the world like I just and amazing. I love the honesty yeah yeah so to bring us back to the topic yeah. really quick um I, I kind of want to pose a question to the group like what do you think it is like okay clearly there's like the questionable taste thing where it's like this hasn't aged well I don't want to support sexism you know racism classism yada yada but Something like Bob Seger. I mean, and maybe he's got a crazy past, but I'm just saying. Back to Bob. But for this reason, what is it in me that compels me that should feel like I can't say that? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not cool. Like, where does that come from? What is that? Um, Just like you said, it comes from. So I think that like humans are sort of hardwired to belong. Yeah. To want belonging, to crave belonging yeah and so that manifests itself early on when all of that like uh brain forming is going on to fit in yeah you want like it's you never want to stand out or be different that always feels wrong so to have sort of an outlier opinion Mm -hmm. you're kind of taught early on like that's not a good thing yeah like that's i mean it might be changing now because i feel like the like kids today um are kind of more into like being like different and unique and separate from their peers and like finding something that's like different about them but like for the most part especially when I think that we were growing up it was very much more like conform conform fit in or you're gonna get shit in a way that you don't want like either you're gonna get beat up for it or you're just going to be like shamed for it or you're just going to, like, be made to feel like something is wrong with you. Yeah. So there is a, sort of that, like, inherent thing where you're just like, I kind of like this thing and I have to hide it. <laughs> it's like that, like, people have, have this thing, like, oh, I hate the Eagles. Everybody's like, I, I hate the Eagles. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? They've got great songs. There's nothing wrong with the Eagles. Life in the Fast Lane is a great song. I love Life Hotel in the Fast Lane. Town. 
California. Oh, not Joel a Walsh fan was of in the, was in the, Do you think the, that with musicians, maybe like a couple songs ruin it? Like, for maybe. example, like if, like if it's, you know, maybe too much tequila sunrise, I think so. you just could, no, you can't like another tequila sunrise. So, I mean, not a fan of that one. Yeah, I think it could be right, though. A couple songs can ruin it. Like, I really like a lot of Van Morrison stuff. But if I hear Brown Eyed Girl or um, Moon Dance, I will throw the speaker across yeah. the room. Like, yeah. I cannot stand those yeah. two songs. Oh, it's but like, I still love other things that he wrote. But now I'm embarrassed to be like, I'm a Van Morrison fan because those two songs are the ones everyone knows and we all hate them. Because yeah. we've heard them so many times. Well, it's like how, so Danielle and Stephanie are <laughs> Billy Joel fans. I'm literally wearing We're, a Billy Joel. You are! Oh my god. And I've admired it all day. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Poshmark. So, Poshmark, you could be a sponsor. So, <laughs> but so I have, you know, pretty much hated Billy Joel for most of my life. But because I, I think the songs that I was exposed to, I hated so much, and I guess that that like ruining that in the middle of the night song. But I would oh, well, that's the worst. Yeah. yeah, that Ugh. should automatically. No. Also, a terrible song. Oh, no, now it's going to be in my head. No. Oh. We'll get another song in your head. Don't worry. And so I'm just like, mm. and I've always hated him. And like you guys, like when we're drinking or whatever, we'll put Billy Joel on and I'm like, oh, no. But then I like came to appreciate some of his songs because he's, he's like, he's very yeah. talented. And I also love, love, love piano. Yeah. So yes. anybody who can play piano that well, Same. I'm into. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple of songs. You just don't like the Ack Ack song. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't you It's such a good one. I know. But I think you and I share the same Billy Joel thing, like where it's like the 70s, very early We grew up on the stuff. same kind of music. We did. Yeah. And it's so. like Jack Antonoff once said, um, he went to see Billy Joel and he was so excited about it. And like, Billy, he's like, Billy Joel is Billy Joel's worst enemy. And like I just feel I hear like that that, I hear that, that is very true. Like I, I mean, how like, many trees have you run, run into? Yeah, and the, and the hands is like, dude, you don't have to drive. There's Uber. Yeah, you should hire You're someone. <laughs> you can hire a driver. <laughs> You're fucking gonna hurt yourself. Uh, but it's funny because okay, so on the lines of like Billy Joel is Billy Joel's worst enemy. Um, I sort of feel like sorry to bring it back to Woody Allen, but like every Woody Allen movie I've seen, I'd be like, this would be better without Woody Allen in it. There are a lot like, of them that Woody Allen is feel better without Woody Allen. Like yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I it's, liked Annie Hall as a movie. I hated him in it, and I was like, could it be anybody else? Well, it's like could a it be lot of anybody else. Artists please? insert themselves too. Like a lot of people I know love Michael Moore's documentaries, and they're like, I just wish Michael Moore wasn't, wasn't in so it. present yeah. in it. Like I feel like there are a lot of artists like that who just like insert themselves in the art. James Franco. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Seriously. Yes. Serious. I'm ashamed of how much I like the deuce. I know he's problematic, but that show's really good. <laughs> it is a good show, but yeah. Yeah. I Jill mean, for sure. I love her. Yeah, I haven't and seen any of the fact that he's double It's too much James Franco. Yeah. I mean I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I think um we hit on something though with like the Billy Joel and the Eagles conversation could be a sequel to this episode is not what we're ashamed of liking that we feel like everybody else will make fun of us for like to Lily's point I think it is that we feel like we have to conform mm -hmm. but what about the shame you feel just absolutely fucking hating something that everybody seems to love oh that I have a lot be, of that I think we need a whole new episode for that oh but. my god it's it's funny because like our friend our friend uh, has actually said to me before she's just like oh like you hate every movie that everybody else loves like why is that and I'm like I don't know I, I don't feel like I'm that much of a hater Maybe I am, but there's just like certain things that like a lot of people like, okay, Beyonce, don't get me started on Beyonce. I cannot stand her. I think her music is bad. She is not an interesting person. I think she's only in it for like the money and the image. And I don't understand why people are so obsessed with her. Y'all gonna get some hate mail. On this I episode. know. <laughs> I know. As soon as you said that, I'm like, here comes the beehive. People are going to come for me. I no, know. And I, can I don't know. Paolo, can you edit that part out? <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm I, sorry. Well, I, I can, I eliminate 
uh, was great until it wasn't. It was like really good, and then it was just not very good. But um, I like the Kimmy Schmidt version of that. Oh I, yeah, well, Titus, Titus, oh my gosh, goals. No, and I feel I, I I feel you on the Beyonce thing. We've had this conversation many times Solange, because Solange is the best. superior. Solange, Solange is the superior Knowles. Yeah. I said it. That's yep. right. Come at us, Beehive. Actually, don't. Please, don't. I actually do, because fuck you. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm sorry. Oh, if you like Beyonce, not. there's something wrong with you. I don't think that's true. Oh, my God. You're shaming Beyonce fans. Oh, my God. That's fine. Well. I like, I like Beyonce. Yeah, I feel like there are some tracks. Am I a Beyonce super fan? No. Do I enjoy a lot of the music? I do. I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that we all have that, though. Like, things that are just, like, massively popular, and well, it's like... I don't really like the Eagles or Billy Joel, but I love all the people. <laughs> Jamie, always a diplomat. Uh, I know. I mean, I think that the issue that I take with it the most is just, like, how rabid people are about it, and I'm like, sure, like what you like or whatever, I just, when I see people just completely, like, gaga over something, I'm like, I don't... Like Harry Potter? Oh, wow. yeah, there it is. Fighting words. The lines have been drawn in the sand. I'm just saying, but people I, are going to like what they like. No, and that is totally fine. But I understand people who don't like Harry Potter, and I totally get why. It, it, people literally cannot understand why people don't like Beyonce, and that makes me very frustrated. Because it's like, hey, objectively, if you unpack it, how good is she really? Calm down the messaging works for some people like, sure you know and that's and they get to kind of have that i mean of course have it i just don't agree with you and that's okay mm-hmm. we're living in an era where everybody's super fans have really gone off the deep end i was talking about the star wars fans earlier you mentioned the bay hive it or if like if i went on twitter right now there's like youtube celebrities if i just said one shitty thing about them oh, people i would be getting for you. death threats oh, 100%. people would show up at our front door like everyone's super fans have gone off the rails like yeah that. it's very true yeah and i think that yeah i think that's something that is kind of gross and frustrating yeah. in general like i don't understand the kardashians i don't get it i will never understand well, that people a show. people love yeah. love love them and it just that also makes no sense to me it makes no sense yeah, but people, I mean, like, they find comfort in it, and, like, I don't, I don't know. Well, those people that are totally into the real housewives. Yes. Like, I don't, what? I don't have any time for that. Yeah, and I uh, watched The Real Housewives of New York uh, a long time ago, and it was, like, I just could not turn my eyes away. I was just, like, this is, am I addicted? Do I watch it? No, but, like, do those, like, uh, meet-up marathon things with Andy Cohen, fascinating. I tell you what, talk about, like, crazy personality disorders on display. It's They're basically, like, let's pick seven women who all have cluster B personality disorders <laughs> and put them all together on a show and try to, like, it's just, that part is interesting. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Or, like, when uh, we started dating, you guys would watch ba- The Bachelor oh. Oh, yeah. all the time. And that I'm not, like, all... Wow, is, this is really horrible. It is horrible. horrible. That show is so problematic. I think we stopped we being stopped. able to we, even watch it. We were we had like Thank a God. thing for a while where we would watch it. We would like drink wine and yell at the TV. Right. And it was like and a fun, was fun thing. And then also and then we I were remember. doing it because we wanted to read um Allie Barthwell. Oh, Allie like Barthwell. Like the whole Queen. reason we were doing yes. it was Allie Barthwell. I swear to God, at one her point, her recaps like, are just the best. It's seriously the best, and it's like it's fun to be able to like yell at the TV and then read Allie Barthwell the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know who Allie Barthwell is, you have to check her out. She is she Brilliant. and our Eric Thomas are two of the best working media writers. I mean, our just, Eric Thomas. Yeah, he is. I think yeah. my favorite writer currently. Yeah, we love you. Okay. Be your best friend. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, so, I don't know. The Bachelor, it was kind of fun and funny because everybody seemed uh, like they were on board. You know, yeah. like they're like, we realize that we're ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't get a lower third um, of your job title being sports 
fishing enthusiast right. without, like, being in on the joke, yeah, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, 100%. you're here for it. You're just here for, like, I want to get on TV. And you like, I don't what? really like, care. Sometimes it's, it's fun and funny. We're just going to drink a night. lot. Right. It's not a Monday night. It's like, I'm not going to be, like, fucking reading Proust. Calm down. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, <laughs> fucking have my brain be just entertained by nonsense. Yeah. And I think... And I think there's a lot of that um, that's happening right now. I mean, we live in a fucking crazy time. And I think, like, whatever people have to do, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody and your message is not spreading hate or violence or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, be as ridiculous as you want to be, I suppose. But, I mean, there are those sort of things where it's, like, a little bit different between, like, who you're influencing. I have a... I'm going to sound like an old, but this is just how it is. I have a hard time with some of the, like, uh, really problematic YouTubers out there right now because the YouTube audience skews so young, Mm. and so many of them are, like, younger women, like, girls, sorry, watching these really problematic channels. Like, there are so many that are just nightmare and you're just like how are they still monetized and how are they still getting away with this and like it's it's really gnarly actually yeah and I that's such a foreign world to me like I don't you know I don't really you've turned me on to some of it and it's very interesting but yeah I you know it's funny because we're talking about this and like the crazy fans and things that you don't like and like how it can almost be like a threat if you don't like something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, oh, if you openly say that you don't. Um, I feel like, um, are you going to call me crazy? You guys, Twitter is not a healthy place. No, it is not. <laughs> no, it's no, no, I'm making a joke. Like, it's, it's, it's awful. This morning, I was, I never read the comments of anyone. And this mm. morning, uh, when Jamie was in the showers in bed reading, looking at Twitter, and I started reading comments, it's awful. Yeah. It's horrible. Everything is shitty. Right and it now. like YouTube is the same Fuck though. That's Facebook. why I bring it up. Oh, it's just so mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it can get really gross out there. So, you know, that to say, like whatever your taste is in, whatever you like, again, if you're not hurting anybody, it's just like do what you gotta do, but don't why be can't vile. anything be good and not be malicious and just have a yeah. good something. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's okay. Not Propaganda. That's not. I don't know. I just hate everything right now. Yeah, I would say okay. Yeah, sure. Hate things. Whatever. Just never be a troll. Yeah, trolls are the worst. Yeah, I mean, if if anybody deserves to be shamed, it's anonymous internet trolls. Yeah, like stop it. Just stop it. And I'm just like, what's it's like? Of course, my angle is always just like, what's going on? Like, what is this doing yeah, for you? Like, what's, what's every what action is payoff? Right. Even if it's like, what do, what's your end game? What's yeah. Your, what's your goal here? Yeah. Well, half of them are teenagers that would just say, I don't know. Seem fun at the time. <laughs> right. It's like that uh, Pete Davidson SNL character. Like, okay. Okay. Now I'm just going to imagine every internet troll is just Pete Davidson. It's okay. either like teenagers or hair, Nazis. The blonde hair, Pete Davidson. Sure. Okay. That that tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have been great guests. Yes. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you for having I us. This has been a, a real enlightened pleasure. everybody's mind with our wisdom and <laughs> all of our knowledge. Yeah. So I think like the the end message maybe is just hey, you like what you like, you don't like what you don't like, and don't be an internet troll. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be hard out there. Yeah. yeah, don't be a fucking dick. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Will Wheaton's motto, and I would live by it. Yeah, don't be a dick. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, say hi, say hi to your neighbor. Yeah, and, and watch out for those Seven Eleven sandwiches. <laughs> they may or may not <laughs> kill you. And if you get a chance, Seven Eleven, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> they'll take uh, the case of those egg salads <laughs> and maybe some Lunchables. Yeah, and oh. listen to "Still the Same" by Bob Seger while you're doing it. I'm just saying it's a lovely song. Sure. Um, all right. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks. I hope you guys have have a good rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. we will not see you directly after this. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. Get be safe getting home. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear. You'll hear from us a week from now. Um, 
Yeah, so... Hi, Paolo. What's his name? I'm sorry. Did you edit it? Paolo. Paolo. Hey, Paolo. Yep. Hey, Paolo. Hi, Paolo. Have fun. (laughs) We'll see you in a week. We'll talk to you in a week. Yeah. Take good care of yourself. Yep. Follow us at ShamePod. At ShamePod. Also, we've got a blog. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Trolls. Get on it. Come (laughs) Hey, Beyonce fans. Get down on it. Come for me. She doesn't mean that. She does not mean it. She doesn't know the wrath that you can... Paolo, again, can you edit that out? I'm here for it. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.